I greet you all in the name of Jesus this morning as we come together for a worship service, a beautiful day to serve and worship our Lord. It was doing a corporate board meeting, the CEO of the company asked the board members, where can I find commitment? It was quiet for a little while. But then a shy, honest board member replied. You can find it in the dictionary. You know, commitment used to be found in the home. And it used to be found in the workplace. And it used to be found in schools. And it used to be found in churches. But so often, that is not always the case just anymore. So often, the attitude of an uncommitment in our day is described best by how Jesus says it. And we can see that in Mark 7, verse 6. It says, The people honoreth me with lips, but their heart is far from me. This morning, I would like to turn to Romans 12, verses 1 to 2. Romans 12, verses 1 to 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You know, as Christians, we are committed in various aspects of life, maybe to our families, maybe to our neighbors, maybe to employers, maybe to the church, and maybe our health. And in all things we do and say, maybe. But the Bible teaches us that the chief commitment in our lives is to be God Himself. God wants a total commitment a complete devotion of all that we are and all that we can be. Psalms 3, I'm sorry, sorry, Psalms 37, 5 to 6. If you want to turn there, you're welcome to. It says, commit thy way unto the Lord, trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. And he shall bring forth thy righteousness as the light and the, uh, the, thy judgment as the noonday. Commit thy ways to the Lord. How strong is my commitment this morning to God? Am I committed my, have I committed my ways unto the Lord? Are we fully committed this morning to the Lord Jesus Christ? Maybe we need to look at this word a little more. What does the word commitment and what does it mean to us? I have a little illustration. It's not a true story and I'm sure many of you have heard it. Before, it's a hand and a pig came upon a church building and they read the advertised sermon on the billboard out front which read, what can we do to help the poor? Immediately the hand suggested they feed them bacon and eggs. The pig thought for a moment and said, there's one thing wrong with feeding bacon and eggs to the poor. For you, it requires a contribution. But for me, it requires a total commitment are we fully committed this morning 
So often today, so many are not willing to be totally committed to the Lord because it demands too much. Have we truly surrendered our life to the Lord? Or are we only contributing to get by? To look into this word of commitment, we can see in kind of what it, what it means there by totally giving ourselves. The Webster Dictionary defines it, a commitment as a pledge to do. The state of being bound emotionally or mentally to a course of action or to another person or persons. And also, if we look at commitment from a biblical perspective, it would define as a charge. It would be as maybe as a duty, a burden, maybe an obligation, or maybe a responsibility, or a must. So think about the verses that we just read in Psalms 37, 5, commit your way to the Lord. I believe it is to trust him in all that we do. Or putting our map of life into God's hand, so to speak. Have you ever went on a journey to an unfamiliar place and you needed to pull out a map? But today it's so much easier. We have the GPS. It comes in handy. It, uh, it helps us to get from point A to point B uh, so we can figure out where we're going. All you have to do is just type it in, the address, the destination, the place where I like to go, and the GPS will do the rest. It's about accurate 98, 99% of the time. Every now and then it takes us off. But it gets me to where I'm going. If I follow the directions, it will get me there. I believe this is what this verse is talking about. Commit your ways to the Lord and he will get you there. When we trust in God, we believe his promises before seeing them truly fulfilled. Each one of us as Christians gathered together here this morning, what are we being committed to? Are we being fully committed to God this morning? You know, God loves us. He loves us so much. And Jesus tells us, and we know this verse, very familiar verse, John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. This, this verse reveals God's love for all humanity. The greatest achievement we can make as believers is to love our God. Jesus spoke this for himself, to himself, in Matthew 22, and we can see that in Matthew 22, verses 37 to 38. It says, Jesus said unto them, Thou shalt love thy Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. Do we, this morning, truly love the Lord thy God? Do we truly love him with all our hearts? And with all our mind. If we are fulfilling this commandment of God, then our answer would be a total commitment. But if we know that our life is not a total commitment to God, 
and a total surrender of life to Jesus Christ, then we need to question if we're truly fulfilling this greatest of all commandments, to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all mind and soul. You know, so often we had the appearance, appearance of commitment. We can talk the talk, but we just cannot walk the walk. Our actions speak louder than many words that we say. This often can tell of the true commitment. How committed am I? How committed are you in your Christian walk of life? Our actions do so often speak so much louder about who we are than what the words that we speak. How committed are we in serving the Lord this morning? How committed are we with our worship service? Our fellowship with like-minded brothers and sisters? How committed are we coming to Sunday morning services? How committed are we coming to a Sunday evening service? How committed are we on coming to a Wednesday night service, small groups, or a prayer meeting night? What is it that we're committed to in our lives? Do we have many other agendas that must be done that are more important than being fully committed to a fellowship with your brothers and sisters in the faith? You know, at Martin Water, we have a schedule with time slots for us to make an appointment to meet with the customer throughout the day. If the office gets a call and they want that time slot, and they want that same time, we say, I'm sorry, but that time is already committed for another customer. But we can try to find another time that could work for both of us. You know, we all know that our Sunday morning our Sunday night and our Wednesday night church services are already scheduled way ahead. Before any other commitments that we have put in place, if something else comes in place of one of these services, how committed are we? When we have a scheduled fellowship service, do we find other things to do? Do we find time to go out and find some restaurant to go to? Do I rather go fishing? and go to a service? Do we have some kind of sports game that we must play? What is it that's so important to us that takes the place of a worship service or a fellowship of brothers and sisters? How important is your fellowship with your brothers and sisters of the faith that we can exchange it with something else? You know, this morning I do know there are times when things do come in place that do come up. I know for myself, uh, times at times there are other things seem to want to take top priority, and it wonders me sometimes when these things come in, it's the devil trying to keep me from worshiping. And keeping me busy that I cannot have time to fellowship. How quick are we to cancel a service at church for other things? What about our families? How committed are we being to the things in our home life? 
Does my desires come first? Does my work become, more, become a priority in my life? Does my hobbies come first in my life? Does shopping and being a busybody here and there and everywhere take away from being committed to God and in our home? Do we forget about our families? How's our family devotion time? And are we busy on me time? You know, this morning I'm talking to myself. And you're welcome to listen in. I talked to a young gentleman that I met. And he just got married. And his, and his goal of life was to work very hard and retire when he reached the age of 40. So he can have a life of ease. To this day, that has not happened. And he now no longer lives with his wife. I talked to him later on in life and he realized his mistakes. And they were not all his mistakes. But what was his first commitment? Maybe make a lot of money. So down the road he could have a life of ease when he reaches the age of 40. But the home life may have suffered. But now, even at the age of 40, he's not going to retire and he no longer has his wife. He does live a surrendered life for the Lord Jesus, but his wife chose not to live that lifestyle for the Lord. And once a life separated from him, who and what are we committed to? I think of this in the life of the church. It works the same way. How committed are we at the work of the church? Is the church going to suffer because we have more important things in life at a younger age that we want to live the dream first? And maybe when we reach an older age, we can come, become, maybe somewhat retire and then become more committed to serving the Lord. If we truly are committed this morning to God, it will show in our behavior it will show in our personal integrity. It will show in our loyalty to our home and our family. It will show in our community. It will show in our church. Having a total commitment to God means that Jesus is our sole authority. He is our guiding light and our unfailing compass. Being committed to Jesus Christ means being fruitful. It means being a servant. Philippians 1.21 tells us that. For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. If you want to, we can turn to Luke 9, verses 23 to 27. And he said unto them all, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. But whosoever will lose his life for my sake, the same shall save it. For what is a man advantaged if he gain the whole world and lose himself or be cast away? For whosoever shall be ashamed of me and of my words, of him shall the Son of Man be ashamed. This morning... Are we ashamed of being in the Christian walk of life? 
commitment is following Jesus. Here we see commitment demands a choice. We see here Jesus wasted no time getting to the heart of commitment. Either disciples would be committed to him and deny their own desires, or they would be determined to go their own way and deny Jesus. The choice is the same for each one of us. Either deny ourselves or deny Jesus. Either we choose Jesus or we choose our way. What will it be for us this morning? We have a choice. You know, life change happens when we have accepted or committed our relationship with Jesus. Jesus died so you could have a relationship with him. Jesus invites all to come. Come into a relationship with me. When we come to Jesus, it's saying we trust in him. And we can say, not my will be done, but thy will be done. Life is so much better when we live in a relationship with Jesus. But it does not mean everything will go exactly the way we want it to go. But living in a relationship with him is important to have a relationship with like-minded brothers and sisters as well. As we think about the church, it's a group of people called out to work together for a specific, for a specific purpose. Christ should be followers, or church, the church should be followers of Jesus, joined together for the sake of spreading the gospel and making disciples of Jesus. Acts 2, verses 42 to 47, gives us many examples of how a church learns together. It experiences fellowship together. And we can read these in verses 42 to 47. It shares meals. Pray, we can pray together. Care for each other. Has a unity of purpose and is full of joy. There's a few ways we can commit ourselves to the Lord daily. And one is, is praying without ceasing. 1 Thessalonians 5, verses 16 18 tells us in there, Rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. I believe we need to have a daily relationship with God. Involves communing with him daily. We choose a time to pray. But prayer should be an everyday occurrence. This verse can also remind us that praying is a constant activity in all seasons of life. You know, when we're happy, we should pray. When we're sad, we should pray. Praying without ceasing reminds me we should take all things to the Lord in prayer at all times. Maybe throughout the day, whatever comes our way, pray for the little things. Pray for the things. Is God involved in my life? We can commit our lives, commit our, committing ourselves to the Lord daily by studying the Bible. Psalm 119 verse 11 tells us, The word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. When we are familiar with God's word, we are more prepared and ready to apply his truths to our lives and even to those around us. The more we read his word, the more we can learn. The more we learn of God's word, the more our relationship grows with him. 
and also committing ourselves to the Lord daily to those around us in the community. Proverbs 27, verse 17 tells us, Iron sharpeneth iron, so a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friend. The more we commit ourselves to God in prayer and studying his word, the more we'll all know God for ourselves. And we will be able to explain God to others. This includes believers and unbelievers alike. Sharpening other people involves reminding them of God's word, encouraging them, and sowing love to them. Are we excited about our commitment in the Lord Jesus Christ? Are we committed to God no matter what the circumstances is? You know, God being our first love means he should receive most of our time and most of our attention and that we do this to glorify our God. You know, we can see many Bible characters who trusted God. And was committed to God no matter what the circumstances were. And one of them we can read about Abraham and Sarah in Genesis. We know Abraham and Sarah. They were without children and they were very old. Abraham was about 100 years old and Sarah was about 90. When God promised Abraham a son. Can you imagine the relief when his son Isaac was born? He thought, and maybe she thought, their childbearing years was over. We can only imagine how amazing this must have been for them. With such a joyous occasion, God then put Abraham to the step, to the test, to sacrifice Isaac. God wanted to see how committed and faithful Abraham was to loving God more than Isaac. What would you think in this case? I would have been a little discouraged. I would be thinking, why, Lord? Why? I waited so long for my boy, and now you want me to sacrifice him. We can turn to Genesis 22, verses 7 to 13. And it says, And there and Isaac spake unto Abraham his father, and said, My father. And he said, Here am I, my son. And he said, Behold, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went, both of them together. You know, here we see that Abraham was fully committed. He trusted in the Lord that the Lord will provide. God will provide a lamb. He trusted whatever it may be, God will provide. But he continued on doing what God had told him to do. And they came to the place which God had told him of. Abraham had built an altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And then Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here am I. And he said, Lay not thy hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him, for now I know that thou fearest God, seeing thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked and beheld behind him a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. 
And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering instead of his son. God provided a ram for him. We can see that Abraham was a man that was committed to God. He was a man of true faith. Are we committed this morning to God? Another one is Daniel, is a person who showed more commitment to God than anyone I believe in his day. Daniel's commitment began as a youth, and he continued throughout his entire life. His faith and devotion to God was unwavering. Daniel stood up for his convictions by choosing not to defile his body with any impure things. We can see also Daniel verse Daniel 6, verse 4. Daniel was a person who could call, we could call maybe blameless. There was nothing in his life that could bring guilt upon him, even though the residents and the princes tried to find occasion against him, against him but they could not find nothing. Daniel was the kind of person God could count on. The wise men knew that Daniel prayed to God. So what did they do? They tricked him. They tricked the king into making a new law. When the law was issued that no one could pray to any god or man except the king for 30 days was the trick of the men. But Daniel, he still prayed consistently three times a day to the one and only true God. Even though he knew the punishment was getting thrown into the den of lions. And even when he was thrown into the den of lions, after being caught praying, Daniel did not fear men or death. He was completely committed and devoted to God. Daniel's commitment to the Lord won the king over. The king realized these wise men, they tricked him. And he tried, to, he tried to find a way to save Daniel. But the king had to follow his own law. The king stayed awake all night, fasting so that Daniel would be protected. The king found out the next day that Daniel was still alive in that lion's den. Daniel told the king that God sent an angel, and the angel shut the mouths of the lions. And here we see that Daniel's commitment showed the power of God. And his commitment turned the kingdom toward God. Are we fully committed to God? Are we ashamed of the God that we serve? Are we committed? It goes a little farther into Daniel. And we know in the, in the book of Daniel, we know the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men were completely committed to their Lord. They were determined to worship the one true God. These three men refused to worship that golden image set up by King Nebuchadnezzar. Even though they knew if they would not bow down, they would be thrown into this hot, fiery furnace. I believe, what was it, seven times hotter they made it for him. In Daniel 3, verses 17 and 18, it, it said this, if it so be, this, they said this to the king, if it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Knowing this made the king very, very furious. 
And he commanded that they put him into that fiery furnace, and that's when they turned the heat up. These three men were committed and faithful to God, and God delivered them from this fiery furnace, and they were joined with what looked like the Son of God who protected them through it all. These three men we can all be inspired by, that even in the most awful circumstances, God can do anything. We can also see these three men's commitment to the one true God. By doing this, he won the king over as well. We can see in Daniel 3, verse 28, it says, And Nebuchadnezzar spake, and he said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Who sent his angel and delivered his servant that trusted in him and have changed the king's word and yielded their bodies that they may not serve nor worship any god except their own god. Nebuchadnezzar made it that God is the one true God that all will worship because of Daniel or because of their commitment that these three men made of worshiping the only true God. Are we committed? Are we truly committed to the God that we serve? To find an example of a total commitment, maybe we need to look no farther than maybe our Lord Jesus Christ. He is everything that total commitment stands for. Jesus Christ is our example of total commitment. Apostle Paul tells us in Philippians 2.8, and being found in fashion as a man, he humbles himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. And we can also read that Jesus said in John 8, verse 29, For I do always those things that please him. As we look at these two passages, a Jesus' complete commitment and devotion to God. Jesus is our example. And pattern for our life, including his total commitment to his father. First Peter 2, 21 says, For even here unto we are, are for even here unto were ye called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow his steps. And also verses uh, also first John two six says, He that saith he abideth in him ought himself also to walk even as he walked. Are you totally committed to God this morning? Do you pray on a regular basis? Do you look forward to a worship service, an assembling together of, of uh, like-minded brothers and sisters in the faith? Are you be, being involved in the Lord's work? Do you take time to minister to those around about us and for the needs of those that are in need? Do you tell others about Jesus Christ? How committed are we in the Lord's work? How committed are we in living for Jesus? Maybe you're here this morning and you never really surrendered and committed your life to Jesus. And you're tired of trying to live a life on your own. And your life is just not what you feel it should be. Maybe you have some emptiness that just can't be filled by anything else in this world. And you have this longing for commitment with God. But you feel ashamed of the things you have done. And you feel guilty. And you have a guilty conscience. 
and your sins are making you tired. Or maybe you feel you only gave when you needed, but never truly committed your life fully to the Lord. Jesus is calling you this morning. He is calling you to a relationship with him. He can give you what you're longing for. He can give you a complete new life. Without Jesus, you, can't do, you cannot do it on your own. This morning, the invitation is real. Jesus says, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and he will give rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Let's kneel as we pray. Our Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning's hour to come to worship you. We thank you for your love, your care, for watching over us. I just pray to be with each one of us in this congregation and each one that's here this morning that we can continue to be committed into the work you have for us, that we can live a life that's surrendered and fully committed to you. Father, that we may not find other things in the way of taking away from you. We just pray to be with us, be with each one of us. Help us as we travel this life's journey together that we can be there to encourage each other on this walk of life. Help us to be inspiring. Just be with us and help us to know the way. We know we cannot do it on our own, but we need your help in all that we do and say. We trust in you. We look to you. Be with us throughout this week and throughout all that we do. Just pray for those who are unable to be here this morning. Just pray for those that would like to be here. Just be with them and Minister to them in a way that they may draw closer to you. Just thank you for your love and care. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.